Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. Tour differently. Back in throwback Thursday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast is brought to you by Maverick Sports, the Maverick Sports app. Shout out Total Beverage as well. TotalBev.com. Go check those guys out. Special guest back in the house this week. If he's hanging around the studio, man, you know, he's 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 a man about town and he's a jack of all trades, all the hyphens. And he's got the silkiest chops in the game. But if he's here, I'm going to drag him in here and try to make him do a podcast with us. It's the one. It's the only. It's Sean Drotar. Hey, Sean. What's up, buddy? Hey, it wasn't literally dragging, but it was kind of close. <laughs> uh, Alex Becker is in as well. Alex, uh, the play caller extraordinaire. Um, it's the championship season for high school sports here in uh, Colorado. And you call the good games all the big games. Um, that's that's really important. And that's like an untapped kind Kind of, um, you know, you um, high school sports is doesn't get enough love anywhere, and the work that you do, all that stuff you do, besides all the stuff you do here on the show and for you know for our show, is uh, people really appreciate that kind of stuff. So you do good work, Alex. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, I got a big playoff football game tomorrow night. It'll Who be is it? Columbine Rock Canyon uh, at Jeffco. So it's the second round of the five A playoffs. Let's and, go. Um, Columbine's one of the favorites to win it all. So Columbine every it's weird every about three or four or five years, Columbine just right you know finds a way to get back on top with the value and the Mullins and the even around there, the um, Dakota Ridges and the Chaffels, even the schools around them, yeah. which, you know, are good areas and um, have some good talent for Columbine to kind of keep pulling it off, um, you know, all all these years later. It's, it's kind of a testament to the program. But I'm wondering, do those high school quarterbacks wear wristbands? Uh, I'd assume so. And, Sean, as a man of uh, sophistication... I would say you have a very sophisticated palate as well. Do you think that when a quarterback has a wristband on, it makes him look like he's not as smart as other guys who would never need a wristband? I, I cannot imagine the wristband makes any difference. I mean, we have seen so many quarterbacks that are that are greats, quarterbacks that are starters, quarterbacks that are rookies. Uh, some guys are more comfortable with it, some guys aren't. In Russell Wilson's case, this year, he's learning a new offense, right? of which the play calling has been, can I generally put it as suspect? <laughs> and so if you have all of those things together, it doesn't shock me he's wearing a wristband. It, it just seemed like a very yeah. petty, silly I agree. bone to pick for Pete Carroll. Very there. weird. It's, it's kind of crazy. And we'll get into what Pete Carroll said. We'll get into Russ's response. Um, Alex, uh I think Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. I used to kind of hang on to, you know, the idea Montana. that it was, well, John Elway, oh. because, you know, there's the ups and the downs. Any great career, of course, Joe Montana won four Super Bowls and never threw an interception in any of those. I could appreciate a resume like that, but John Elway put the three amigos and all these guys on his back um, through three Super Bowls in an era where the NFC won like 13 straight Super Bowls, and then you ride off into the sunset after winning back-to-back -back Super Bowls, which was uh, amongst the, you know, five or six greatest teams in NFL history. That's John, 
that's an impressive resume. That's the highs and the lows, and that's, you know, that's you don't make a Disney story about Joe Montana, who was always number one. You make a Disney story about John Elway, who um, has to defeat Gaston or something at the end of the movie. I mean, they're getting to blown out. Lady. All in all three of those first Super Bowls, they got they weren't even close. Okay, so my point is though, <laughs> we went you know that, uh, tangent already off the rails. My point is, I think Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. I can't remember ever Tom Brady not wearing right. a wristband ever. Right, Tom Brady wears a wristband. He always has. It's, you know, and again, for the reasons that Pete Carroll probably said. And, you know, image is important to Russ. And there is guys who, man, you know, I think are just smarter than the next. And I said this too, Joe, time one year to kind of take on this. That if you get like a 22 and a Wonder Lake, you'd be like, yeah, okay, that's a pretty good score. And then there's guys who get like a 30 or 28. You're like, yeah, that's probably, you know, they could probably, uh, there's some really smart people. That's out of 50. There's guys who get 45. What, what did uh, Fitzpatrick Ryan Fitzpatrick. get? Fitzpatrick got like a 48 or a, you know, almost like a perfect. Those are like genius level of, of brain power. So it's like. Harvard. Well, yeah, I'm just saying it's like there are people who probably don't need to wear a wristband for themselves, okay? There are players like that who really probably processors for, well, I mean, again, we just said it. There are some. We know that. But, man, I'll tell you, Tom Brady's about as good as there ever was as a quarterback, and he's always had that wristband. It's to simplify things. It's I think if you're in the huddle around, guys, and you pull it up and everyone just gets a quick glance at it, we're all on the same page. You always think someone's listening or hearing me. You know what I mean? It's like you're trying to be as discreet but also work as fast as possible. They get in and out of the huddle, and they're kind of walking up to it and walking onto the line of scrimmage. You know, the playoffs winding down four, three, two, and they're hooting and hollering, you know, Omaha, this and that, and then they snap it right at the count. So, again, it seems like there's no rush unless you're kind of trying to hurry up a little bit. Um, and there's plenty of time to kind of call the play and get on the same page. Sometimes you'll have a receiver look and holler back something else or a tight end or even a lineman look back and ask a question, whatever it might be. But it's, um, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, I think it's hard. I think it's very hard to the playbook, the terminology. I think Drotar, um, what now at this point in the season when teams know and have learned your terminology and so you're trying to make banana be apple and blue be yellow when you say these things out loud and all that kind of stuff. So is there anything to it or is this nonsensical? It's nonsense. Quick, quick amount of research. As you were talking, literally looked up and like, well, I think I remember a couple significant quarterbacks wearing wristband. Yeah. Josh Allen's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, wears one. Patrick Mahomes, that fellow seems pretty good. Yeah. Wears one. I mean, it has no bearing on anything. At all. Whatsoever. Uh, and, and the point you made, I think, is good. Sometimes this isn't even for yourself as the quarterback. You're trying to remember all the other assignments yeah. potentially for some of the other players. No you might, doubt about you might it. need to remind a guy of his job. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It makes no difference. The, the equivalent would be saying that Pete Carroll holds that big old clipboard full yeah. of plays in front of his face. Well, why does he need it? Did yeah. he make up the playbook? Why hold it up? It's, of course. It was a, a petty, silly thing to do. It's, it's easily refutable. There we go. Uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Yeah. I'll wear them. Doesn't seem to be a problem there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's completely goofy. Here's so I, I just don't know what the, the, the Seahawks are doing here. Get over it. Here's the get quote. over it. You Here's have a the first quote. place team. You have you're armed with some now pretty friendly first round draft pick coming up, another second round draft pick coming up. You are winning as it stands right now, Pete Carroll. You have won this trade. You are winning. So they're Act asking like you won, man. Pete Carroll's the W on uh, Seattle Sports Seven Ten. 
uh, in um, in Seattle, and this is reported from the uh, Seattle Times, where the quote came from. But he was on his, you know, whether there's a weekly spot on this radio, you know, show or whatever. He said, and I don't know what the question was, but I imagine the question was, you know, the offense looks so smooth, they're flowing. How is Geno taking that next step? Uh, something like that, you know. Why was Geno went from backup to you know bona fide starter, having such a great season? His quote was, if you notice, Gino's going off the wristband, and that's a big help. It smoothed things out, sped things up, cleaned things up, and that's a big part of it, too. We never did that before. There was resistance to that. Resistance. Right. So we didn't do that before. So that's a direct kind of shot at um, at Russ, even if it's small, and even if it's factual. You don't have to kind of say that at the end. And it's a little kind of, he's he's old and he's old school. So for one, old people say crazy things. You should hear my grandma. Okay <laughs> what I mean? And uh, so they, for one, you know, the filter kind of wears out and comes off once you get to a certain age. And um, so that's just kind of Pete, who, and I'll say this, Joe Tarn, I want you to respond to this. At the end with Russ, they were saying, well, Pete Carroll's holding him back. He should be throwing 35, 40 touchdowns this season, not 25, 30. Um, let him do more. Now that there's no Legion of Boom, you got to make up for that with more Russ a little bit. Um, and that was kind of the narrative before the trade. Now, as Pete Carroll certainly feels justified, vindicated, he just kind of wants to let everyone know again, you know, for anyone who might have thought otherwise, there were some other things that I wanted to do, that Russ didn't want to do, not just Russ wanting to do some things that we weren't doing. Yeah, you're talking about a guy that, you know, let's just boil it down to it, wants to basically say, hey, last year you are all mad at me. It wasn't my fault. I'm awesome. <laughs> Blame it on the guy that we dumped. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. And, okay, whatever, if that works for you. And we were right the uh, whole time. That's fine. You and, know, and, right? And it is interesting. Some of this does to an extent, come back on Russell Wilson because we have seen uh, former teammates like Marshawn Lynch and and Richard Sherman pile on at times as well. And this is sort of the towel of Russell Wilson because he there is so much artifice in the way he presents himself publicly. Yeah. And that's okay. He's hardly the only athlete that does so or, or actor or any sort of entertainer that does so. But you don't really get the impression that the real Russell Wilson, you've ever had a clue what that guy's like and because only seeing in public is the sort of hyper-processed uh, sort of McDonald's chicken nugget version of, of, of a person. Yeah, and so, microwaved. Yeah, and that, that's all well and good for him, but it, there are things that he needs to kind of watch out for because it does rub people the wrong way. The, the idea with uh, the the... The high kicks on the plane as he's going as you're going to London, right? You know, oh, I'm sitting there doing high kicks while everyone's sleeping. What Russell needs to understand, and keep in mind, I highly doubt he's writing all of these posts. He's got an army of people doing yeah. all these social media totally. things and scheduling all of it. But nevertheless, you have to understand what you're saying by exclusion is part of it too. When you're saying I'm working on my fitness while everyone else is sleeping, yeah. what you're not saying by exclusion is I'm working harder than the rest of my teammates. And that can be okay if you're also the best player in your it's team weird. by a wide margin, but he hasn't looked like it. And I these are the things that rub guys the wrong way over time, and now that he's gone and it's safe to, to kind of pile on, you're seeing guys yeah. do it, and, and not nobody's. Carroll and Lynch and Sherman 
I think that he's and then Alex, I want you to you know, because man, it's like we we're Broncos fans. You know, I'm a guy who went to college here, went to school here, um, who happened to, you know, work in the newspaper industry here when that was a thing. And now I'm doing radio here. I'm not from Chicago or Syracuse, like all these other guys. We got a bunch of Chicago guys here alone. Half the other guys in town are from, you know, the East Coast. Um, so it's different. This team, like, I care about the team in a different way. And I don't mean I'm a homer. It actually kind of means the opposite. It means, like, when it's down, man, I'm down too. And I'm down on them. Yeah. And try to keep it kind of real, as they say on the streets. But it's like um, Russ is, you go, he's trying to be proper. And he's trying to say all the right things. Right now, it's the political season. We're in the thick of it. <laughs> and you hear all these politicians just kind of st- saying all the right things one after another after another. Um, and while I think there's no genuality in <laughs> politics, I want to believe that there are people as pure and genuine as Russ out there. And that are really just like at the core of him. This is really just who he is, for better or for worse. What you said, Sean, makes a lot of sense. He's got to understand, though, at least at certain times, we don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear it, especially when the going's when the going gets tough and the tough gets going. At that point, you want Russ to be feel like you. I want Russ to feel like me. I'm feeling like I don't know where we're at with this thing here. Uh, it wasn't what I expected. I'm down. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I want Russ to be able to acknowledge and feel those kind of things too. That's what anybody wants. And that's just a humanized, humanizing kind of aspect of it. Is he playing the wrong kind of you know cards here? Is he, is he playing? Is it that Sierra's a brand, literally an international brand? And that, like, what's behind that is a whole marketing team to try to f- create something that, not that you're not, but just the perfect version of you all the time. Is Russ caught up in that? I think so. I think he is a little bit. Um, you know, with all of his travel, too, that seems to rub people the wrong way. But, uh, yeah, there, there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And I think when you're when you're losing, when you're 3-5, three and, three and five, uh, everyone's going to double down on on things that they don't like. And you see that every single week. I mean, it seems like every week there's something. In the Jags game, it was the high knees on the plane. Now it's the wristband this week. seems like every week it's something different with this guy. Well, the wristband thing isn't his fault. That 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 he addresses. That's that's something that he didn't have any. But why the with, controversy constantly surrounding Russ? Because sometimes you just have to realize you just put your head down and do your job. And not everything has to be marketed. And Russell Wilson's right at this interesting cusp of guys, right, that – at 33 years old, right at the maybe the old guy version of I live online. I'm about my brand, right? Right, at, right, right about at the old guy age of that, and, and there is kind of a clumsiness there at times, and and it's the things like the the leg kicks. What he's trying to do, of course, is reassure Broncos country that yeah, I'm working really hard. Of course, Broncos country's argument is you're getting paid a quarter billion dollars. I assume you're working on yeah. your fitness. That should be a given, right? So those kind of things end up being unnecessary at, at, at best, and then yeah. they can kind of seem like a distraction at worst. Now, some of the other narratives, the idea that he went to Cabo with his family, look, that is, that is a lazy narrative around town here. Yeah. Not a Russell thing, because what else do you want to do on your day off? That's right? a desperate you, you, searching you, for you answers. Have a, you have a week off, yeah. and he went to a family vacation to what, by the way, as he pointed out, and anybody who would have done their homework in town would have known this, 
every year. Thank you. Since this his is rookie what he year. does yeah, during the on bi-week. his bye week. And the other thing about that, and this one, I, I'm really not trying to pile on because we have a lot of really, really good colleagues in this town. But you can tell when you get into the hot take culture of things where you don't have to take it very seriously because you carry the logic through. So what? Let's say Russell goes out and deals. Let's say he goes 24 for 29 with three home runs. Uh, or three home runs. Wow. No, I felt like three home run balls. Is. Yeah, three. Uh, I was three, failing uh, you. Three touchdowns I was there. failing you. To uh, KJ uh, Hamler, uh, Jerry Judy breaks one already. off. And but he goes, goes and throws three touchdowns, has a great day, right? Yeah. Is everyone who was talking about his vacation to Cabo going, they should send him to Cabo every weekend? Because <laughs> if, if that's the logic you have, and that's what happens, then you have to follow through with it, right? Yeah. But when people don't, you know it's a hot take. Ignore it. It's silly. Do you know that's what another I, thing that's not Russell's fault. I, yeah, I said on the radio show today that this market and this media, what it's become is, and it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, it's because of the size of the market and the matter like the matter of the Broncos and these teams around here, the Avalanche and the and the Nuggets. While we're a you know top seventeen market in the country, I'd say we're a top ten or twelve sports market in in the country as well. So we you know what uh, you know uh, the kind of tabloid style that goes on in New York and the stuff that surrounds the Lakers with this kind of stuff. And I assume probably in Philly, um, that's what Broncos country kind of has become a little bit. And while man, like we have one rule on the show. What's that rule? Everybody, everybody love, love everybody. everybody. Okay, everybody. so you know, Jotar and I used to. Jotar's literally worked at every station. Jotar and I were here, and we're at altitude too. So it's like we have nothing bad to say. Dmac and I were having lunch at La Peep when the Russell Wilson news broke. Wow. Eggs Benedict. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Dmac has become one of these guys a little bit that's helped just turn this like what it's and it's Russ coming here that's made us and me realize what we have become as a marketplace broncos country the dnvrs everyone everyone's kind of responsible for it like this tabloid outside of the lines um coverage and trying to find reasonings behind struggles pop shots and just you know this fuel for trolls and haters who they have a place don't get me wrong but when they're like out front leading stuff and you know making guys like andrew mason and other people have to like ask literal questions about this stuff in press conferences it's changes the game a little bit it's wild it is it's and it's probably not terribly healthy but you're right you know denver is <laughs> one of only uh, i believe nine cities in the country that has nhl uh, nba yeah. nfl and major league baseball yeah teams. yeah so, and of course there's even more than that we have Major League Soccer. Yeah, for sure. uh, The best hockey team in the country at the pro, college, and state level. Defending champions at all of them. So, yeah, there's a tremendous sports uh, market here. But this is where at times, uh, and one of the (laughs) things that that I think My Life Sports does pretty well with sort of the, and we try to focus on every team every day. When you've, you've hitched your wagon to one team, now you've, Given up control over that, right? If, if the only thing you're yeah. really going to talk about is the Denver Broncos, now you're at their mercy. Are yes. they good? Are they bad? Mm-hmm. Are they indifferent? And then you find yourself sort of grasping for straws. Well, because it's it's a bye right. week. You had a you had a win, but it was a win over a mediocre opponent. The team looked slightly better. Look in, in our in our business, right? There's the old rule of thumb: the team you're covering, you want them to be championship contenders. Or stink on yes. ice. Yeah. And nothing in between because then there's topics to talk about. Yeah. But after this game in London, the Broncos were eh, slightly better against a bad team. Yeah. Maybe they're getting better. And in our sort of microwave society, yeah. 
Nobody wants to wait a week and say, you know what? We don't really know. This might have been a mirage. We'll find out against Tennessee. That is, if they have Tannehill back. Mm-hmm. We, we don't quite know what they'll be facing there. Is it going to be Malik Willis? Then that'll be an easier fit for the Broncos, though the run defense would have to be substantially better. Okay. But a guy like Tannehill makes it much more dangerous. So we're in this process of finding out who the Denver Broncos are, and you'd like to know this far into the season who they are. The truth of the matter is, we, we don't. don't. Russell Wilson doesn't look good. No, we Daniel don't. Hackett's been over his skis. Yeah. Uh, there's been tons of injuries. It's just a, a, an odd year where we just don't know what this team is. Again, how we treated training camp. We that was an they're excuse not the that we used. We know that. Uh, that was an excuse that we used for the first four, five, six weeks of the season that this was like an extended preseason. All the stuff we're trying to not necessarily make excuses for, but keep as excuses if it was to turn um, or not. And it hasn't turned. It's been the same product. Um, I'm tired of waiting for them and kind of predicting them to break out and score 30 and Russ to throw three touchdowns. Um, while I don't think it's all Russ's fault, I really don't. And I think Russ will be great again. I don't know if it's going to happen under... Nathaniel Hackett's rule, and I don't know if it's going to happen this year. Um, But I think Russ comes back next season, and I think he's a lot better of a player, and this thing looks a lot different, okay? And I also will say this, too, and then I want to mention a couple uh, sponsors, and then I want, Sean, you to predict the game for the weekend Mm. because uh, Alex as well, too, because Alex, I might not have uh, you on tomorrow as well. You're a busy dude. You're covering all these big games. Um, So... um, let me chat these guys real quick. Maverick Sports and Maverick Sports app. I build parlays. That's what I do. And uh, I put them together, and I want to turn, like, a little bit of money into, like, lots of money. Okay? So I do that at Maverick Sports. But then uh, I'm a line shopper. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not as good a line shopper as I could be and I should be Ex- you know, until I uh, downloaded Maverick and uh, signed up and registered because I've noticed that minus 110s elsewhere are Plus 100s there. Minus 225s or minus 115s there. So when I'm putting these... (coughs) Sorry, when I'm putting these parlays together, uh, that juice, man, it adds up or it takes away... Lots of money, very quickly, every single time, all the time that you're doing it. So that's what make these guys. That's what makes these guys unique and kind of very special. Maverick Sports, the Maverick Sports app. Go check those guys out. You'll see what, what I mean, what I'm talking about. And then Total Beverage, TotalBeverage.com. Um, those two gigantic superstores uh, will deliver to you, even if you're not that, um, you know, if you're in that neck of the woods. But also, uh, and while you have to go, just kind of stop at the corner liquor store sometimes because you maybe got this going on or that going on, or coming home or grabbing them a gallon of milk and some dinner, and you want to grab a you know, 12-pack of beer, a bottle of wine or something like that. I get that. But if you do that often, well, then just go buy in bulk at Total Bev because, you know, your $20 12-pack at the corner spot is like 15 or 16 bucks at Total Bev. So it adds up pretty quick. So go check those guys out. They're great. Last one, Mike Stadium Sports Cards is going to celebrate 30 years in like in a really crazy kind of industry that is sports collectibles that when back in me and Drotar's day, we're opening packs of, you know, uh, 89 upper deck trying to pull Griffey rookies. Okay. Right. And that's what it was. You're pulling rookie cards and there was no grading. There was no autographs. There was no Jersey cards and swatch cards and patch cards and booklet cards. And, um, you know, uh, Dinosaur tooth cards and that they're putting, you know, one-on-ones and number to 10, all that kind of stuff. What the industry's become is crazy. So while you can go into Mike Stadium Sports Cards and just spend 30 bucks and get a pile of, you know, Broncos, singles, rookie cards, a couple packs of tops, and maybe it's a little bit of supplies for your, you know, uh, your, your binder. 
you can go in there and spend a lot of money and like make crazy investments on stuff and do all that kind of stuff. So he's Mike Stanton Sports Coach is the best man. He's been around a long time. So uh, let me get your guys' prediction, Drotar, on how you see this game playing out. I wish we knew if Tannehill was playing or not, but I think at this point, uh, uh, I, I believe Malik Willis will start for the. For the, pay, uh, for the Titans. Do you believe the same thing? I, I'm not sure. I okay. know that okay. uh, Nick Suss, who's a, who covers the team for the Nashville, Tennessee, and said that the, uh, Tannehill is, is going to try and play in this game. But, oh, okay. But we'll get an idea today. As we record this, of course, you know, we don't know where they stand uh, on practice. We haven't gotten the latest injury report there. But it's it's an interesting spot. Obviously, the... The, they haven't been particularly effective, the Titans had, under Malik Willis. Now, they were they were really very, very good against the Chiefs, but that had less to yeah. do with Willis and more to do with their defense, which was tremendous. So they've averaged about 17 points a game with Willis under center. That's probably not going to be uh, enough, you wouldn't think, because his limitations as a passer at this stage of his career are really obvious. And the Broncos can just stack the box and worry about the run, whether it is Henry or whether it's Willis. So if Willis starts, I think the Broncos probably stand a pretty good chance of winning this game. When I say pretty good, I mean coin flip. Yeah, I I really do. If Tannehill starts, no, I don't think they win this game. I think the Broncos' injury situation, especially on the offensive line, is dire. Yeah, They are just making do with running backs. Uh, Russell Wilson is trying to find... any sort of stability behind a line that doesn't give him stability. I'm not worried about the defensive side, but I am worried about the Broncos' offense being able to keep up. Remember, with Willis at 17 points a game, the Broncos, for the rest of the season, need to average 24 points a game to average 20 a game on the season. They're not even going to average 20 points a game this season, guys. So, yeah, if if Tannehill starts, this is a loss for the Broncos. If Willis starts, it's a coin flip. I think that Tennessee is a good team. We're just Their defense is very. We're just good. over believing in them over the last few years, and I've realized they're not as good as now the best teams in the AFC. So that's caused people to kind of overlook them. And then you think like, hey, well, you know, the Colts are, you know, Matt Ryan was upgrading; they're going to be better. And people would, you know, were talk themselves out of the Titans to where I bet a lot of football guys um, out there who are, you know, pretty good, sophisticated football guys, fantasy guys, would have to go if you asked them what Tennessee's record was, they'd have to go look because they weren't sure if they were five and three, four and four, three and. Five. Well, they're in first place again. And, yeah. and give give Mike Vrabel that. That is a consistent football team no doubt. under him. I agree. Um, okay, so do you have a final score? Do, do, uh, what was the final? I, I, I don't know if I could even predict a final because it was playing quarterback. If this but, was but simulated. If, if, if Tannehill starts, I think the Broncos Then you don't lose. have to predict. Okay, uh, that's, that's, that, uh, that's good enough for me, I think. That's that, uh, that's pretty good. Alex? Leak Will starts first team to. Uh, 20 points wins? 16 wins. Oh, <laughs> no, you're right. You're, you're right. And if that could be a defensive score, you know, too, that ends up being it would the be difference in that game. Enough, yeah, for sure. So, Alex, um, how how are you feeling right now? Um, I, well, I'm going to assume Malik Willis is playing in this game. The line is moving down and down. It's only at two and a half now, yeah. so it's moving closer towards the pick'em. Mm-hmm. I think we're really going to struggle against their uh, defensive front. I think that defensive front, led by Jeffrey Simmons, is probably the best in the league. But I think coming off the bye week, uh, Russell Wilson and the offense will um, find something new and maybe incorporate some new stuff into the game plan. Yeah. They do just enough offensively, and I'm going to say Brandon McManus hits a game-winning field goal, and I the Broncos win 20-19. to 19. Uh, I, just, I have a good feeling coming off the bye that they can uh, give Titans their second loss in a row. Um, we'll see. We'll I, see. I think, uh, Sean, that without the penalties, if they're just a mid 
tier penalized team and not the most penalized team, then they're four and four and maybe even five and three because a lot of those, you know, again, they're just gives gashes, gashes of penalty yards, both sides of the ball, and it feels like it's been in such big moments of game. So um, say um, they clean it up, they clean their act up. To me, it just makes them on <laughs> all these close games that is every single game that they're in and they keep finding just ways to lose these games man if they play a little bit cleaner I'm hoping they're on the other side of some close games in the second half of the season their whole season is these next three games if there's yes. any I mean like it, it's just everything and Sean kind of said hey they ain't going to the playoffs and anyone who's going to try to like we said keep it kind of real has to acknowledge the same thing but a miracle would be winning three straight games considering what they have been and what they've looked like before. Yeah. And they find a way to lose to some of these, even if you're looking like these are three winnable games. Uh, the Titans being the toughest. Raiders revenge game. We'll go get them. I don't know. You know, how, Let's go get Josh McDaniel fired game. You know, Give us a reason to go For win real? that game. Not, yeah. the, not the fake Adam Schefter fire? Uh, it wasn't. It turned me yesterday. I was By like, the way, oh, Raiders almost today. Almost the show yesterday. Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro put an injured reserve. They will be out for a month. They will miss that yeah, game. They're a mess. Oh, did you say Waller? Yes. Waller yes. and Waller's Waller been out. Waller too. and yes. Renfro. Waller's been out. Injured reserves. Yes, they will not play. That's huge. That's just so huge. The, for the those Broncos guys. really do have to make this three game run if they want to even yeah. take themselves seriously. For sure. They have to win the next three weeks. And again, again, it takes like that's when you go to. Uh, you made a baseball reference earlier, kind of. It's like <laughs> at this point for <laughs> the Broncos, and while in the playoffs, it's like uh, pitch by pitch. Out by out, inning by inning, game by game. The Broncos have to really go back to there, and it's like win your individual battle. Like, just the most simplest of stuff. Find a way to win this game, then we can talk. Because then you have two after much more winnable games in front of you than the game, the good win, which it would be, no matter if it was by uh, 16 to 14 or 24 to 16, it would be a really good, if not great win, to be a really good, a legitimate, you know, playoff contending team in the Titans and then have, you know, the kind of poop Raiders and the worst team in the league, uh, the Carolina Panthers on uh, on the other side there. So, all right, uh, Sean Jotar, what we can say? Oh, I just have one thing. Yeah. This quarterback matchup, Russell Wilson versus Malik Willis. You just hear that matchup. The Broncos should win that nine out of ten times, yeah. right? This is a, a potential Hall of Famer versus a, a rookie third round. No pick. doubt about it. The Broncos should win that all, nine out of ten times. I mean, like it's very simple when you put it like that. And again, it's like weird what this season has been, especially with the downs of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, Stafford. A lot of guys kind of struggling, and it'd be all being about like the young guys now, kind of the Burrows and the Tuas and the Mahomes and Allen's. It's you know that's there's something to that. So. Um, I'm with you. I like the way you put that because it makes me uh, just kind of take it back a little bit. We're yeah. so far in it. We're so deep in the forest, can't see the trees. But, um, yeah, Sean, uh, love your stuff. Love your work. I'm glad you're back hanging around here doing stuff. Um, what's your Twitter? Uh, S-D-R-O-T-A-R. And uh, with Simple. Alex doing the uh, the high school stuff in the playoffs this this week, got to shout out my Ponderosa Mustangs. Number there you three go. Pondo, in, yeah. Uh, in, in the uh, 4A. Playing, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They, so they're, they're playing tomorrow night against Pueblo West. Hopefully they, they find a way to get that one done. I like when Ponderosa was like the edge of earth. Now it's like just another school out there. I lived past it when it was the edge of earth. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very different now. We, we it's used like down to, in like Franktown area. That's, yeah. where, that's where I live. I'm, really? okay. I'm a Denver public school kid. I w went to Kennedy High School, which is in southwest Denver. But we would go out and scrimmage Eagle Crest's tennis team. And, man, Eagle Crest was out there. I was like, 
man, are we are we gonna where is it in Nebraska? In we, Kansas, we, yeah. How much longer, coach, till we're there? You know what I mean? But like now, it's just another school out there, and uh, so it's cool that those teams can you know as you know the new school pops up where you know it's uh, all the kids kind of want to go for Ponderosa and those teams like that. Like Columbine is one of those so we just said at the beginning of the show to be good again and maintain to be good. That's kind of cool for the community and for the school. So that's cool, man. Uh, just thanks, Sean, for jumping on Anytime. on a little podcast sure. like this. Um, so, Alex, where can they find you? Uh, a Becker Sports on okay. Twitter. All right. Uh, good luck this weekend with your games. Hopefully, it's not too cold for you if you're in those little cold press boxes, or if you're, you know, depending on what your setup is, man. I've been there's no room in those little cold high school press boxes, but the coverage is like really appreciated, and they really need that kind of stuff. So, uh, I'm Danny Williams. Do the show from ten to noon here at Miley Sports every single day, ninety eight point one FM. 107.5 HD3. You can watch us at milehighsports.com. Milehighsports.com, just such a monster in this market. Um, that's it. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be back in for a Football Friday edition of this program. Try to just kind of break down the Titans a little bit more. Derrick Henry, is there a way to stop him? If so, how? Who has done it? I can remember one game. I can't remember who it was against. It was like 15 carries, 27 yards. I can't remember who it was, and I was just thinking about that this morning. He actually historically hasn't really torn up the Broncos. Now, that doesn't mean all that much yeah. historically because the players change. third of the team changes yeah. names. Every no, year, that but. stuff matters. It's weird. I mean, uh, you know, when you see this, the 11 straight wins against this team, that stuff is, is matters. Uh, you know, the Nets beat the uh, Knicks last night, and it was like the Ooh, ninth wow. straight yeah. win. And the Nets were, have been a disaster, you know, in the, in the last couple of years, even with all their talent. So, when you know, numbers like that. It's like they don't mean anything, but they do. But yeah. also, Sean, it's when you're up in uh, Blackhawk or when you're in Vegas and you're seeing what's here's dangerous because you see four reds in a row in the roulette. And you're like, four reds in a row? It's going to be black for sure. It's due. But these weird trends that you don't even know how it happens, it ends up yeah. being like eight reds in yeah, a row. That's not how math works. And <laughs> it's not. And you're just like, what? No way. And then when finally you're waiting for your black. Double green or double zero green, and you, everyone loses their money. You're like, "What? Well, that's Vegas for you, man. That's how they, you know, make those uh, big fancy buildings." And uh, that's it. They All don't right. have that double zero in uh, in Europe. Really? They don't. Just it's, one. It's an American invention. They like crease the houses on a little bit. Damn. Who did that? So you know, next time you're in Monte Carlo acting like James Bond or something, you could you don't have to worry about that double zero. Yeah, or at the Monte, which Carlo. is odd because they don't have the double O. And yeah. The, eh, anyway, I just spit the golden nugget. On the old strip there. Isn't that where the old... Is there still like a thing? Yeah. There? It's been a while. The old, yeah, the old yeah. Fremont Street? The sure. old school? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's still there. Okay. It's then like I'm covered gonna... in a giant LED light thing. Then I'll have to go to Pawn Stars and pawn my wedding ring, I guess. To Chumley. This, that's, I've never been there. Have you guys been there? I've what? never been there, but uh, he's got a buddy. Yeah. I'm sure he has a buddy for it. I just okay. love this human being in the world that goes by Chumley. <laughs> all right. Uh, Sean Jotar, awesome to have you on. Uh, Alex, thanks for putting it all together, the co host and uh, producing the product. Uh, he runs the show. I like, run the show. Yeah, like uh, Pat Bowen. I run the show. I run the all show. right. I'm Danny Williams. Appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Thanks. Good night. Good night.